Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear up there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hey everyone, I'm Guile and I tweet at Door Podcast. And today I'm joined by Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. And Lot. Hi, I'm Lot. You can find me at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. And today, oh, general spoiler warning for rape and bad parenting, I guess, in this episode. And, um, you know, we spoil <laughs> all content. Um, we are covering a game. Oh, of Thrones. Um, Guile, we should say yeah. that this this episode is dedicated to HR. Oh yes, thank you. We have actually... HR. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we need Man, HR. I have a I lot of. No, we need it. <laughs> uh, no, HR is a patron on Patreon who did a fifty dollar pledge episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. What. They had asked for a John episode. Is that right? They just said, can we dedicate our next John episode to them? They didn't actually ask for an episode. They just did a really nice pledge, and we really appreciate it a lot. Well, this is a really good one because this, I think, is a great episode. This is a great chapter that illustrates why Book John is so great, is so awesome. Yeah. Even um, I have to admit, he was pretty great in this set. Yeah. Even I. (laughs) (laughs) This is John's fourth chapter in A Game of Thrones, and we meet him back up at the wall, and we and he's sparring with some of the other recruits, and you know right away we see how he's continued in this role of teaching the other recruits. We see him giving Darian some tips, and he and Darian are training when a new recruit enters the yard, and pretty much everyone's dumbstruck um, as this new recruit is huge. They estimate that he weighs about 20 stone, and since I'm not from England, I had to look this up. 280 pounds, apparently. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was going to say about 300, right? Yeah. And yeah. Sir Alistair, because, you know, he's the height of comedy, immediately dubs him either the Lord of Ham or Sir Piggy. Because, um, you know, he his repertoire is basically oh, bastard God. jokes and fat jokes. So, you know, yeah, Sir Allison, king of comedy. Can I just say as a fat person, those aren't even good fat jokes? Like, work I mean, the it. Lord of Ham, I thought was kind of funny. I, I giggled a little. <laughs> but just a little. And I feel bad about it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like I enjoy ham. I wouldn't mind being the Lord of it. Um, <laughs> so this new recruit HR. shows up. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Oh, HR, damn it. It lasted like two minutes into this episode. <laughs> <sighs> so this new recruit has all of his own armor and it seems like it's you know pretty nice stuff but it's not black so sir alistair makes him go to the armory and poor donald noy has to work his wonders to fit to fit this kid and it really doesn't work since when he comes back he can barely move and i just picture maggie simpson in like her snowsuit where she's just like immobile <laughs> oh, yeah with just her little face hmm. yeah. that's this kid um so Sir Alistair immediately six Halder, who is this big, tough 16-year-old, on the new recruit. And, you know, predictably the recruit falls to the ground right away and yields. But when he won't get up, Sir Allison commands Halder to keep hitting him until he does. And John really wants to do something about this, but Pip um, kind of holds him back. 
And finally, John can't fight it anymore, and he tells Halder enough, and that there's no honor in beating a fallen foe. And you know, Halder agrees and, and, lowers, and lowers his sword. And, you know, Alistair is all, oh, the bastard's in love. And he's just, a, I mean, every way that he can be a dick, he's being a dick. Um, so he orders John to defend the new recruit against a threesome of Halder and two other boys. And Pip jumps in right away because this is, if this chapter shows that John is awesome, it also is like, Pip's really awesome in this chapter as well. So Pip decides to fight with John and so does Gren. And the three of them, and by the three of them, I mean mostly John, win. And when once they do and everyone leaves the yard, the new recruit introduces himself as Samuel Tarley, formerly of Horn Hill. And the boys ask Sam, you know, why won't he fight? And Sam confesses he just couldn't, that he's a coward. And John tries to give him a pep talk and is like, you know, you're hurt, you'll do better tomorrow. And Sam tells him, I never do better, which is so sad. Mm. And then Gren, in you know perfect logic, decides that if they hang out with Sam, people will think they're cowards too. <laughs> Pip kind of makes fun of him, and you get to see this camaraderie between the two of them, and they definitely have like this whole routine going on already. Um, so that's our intro to Sam Tarley, who we'll get to know quite quite a bit through the years. Did anyone else get? <laughs> get as annoyed as I did with all the crying though like there was a lot of crying (laughs) (laughs) I mean you know Sam it Sam's like an interesting character that George writes because he doesn't really give him at least you know at this point he doesn't really give him any moments of not being a coward you know yeah like he, he he's like kind of He's insufferable. Unlikable. Yeah, insufferable. you know. Yeah, like there's nothing to hold on to that. Oh, this will get better. There's none of that. Yeah. It's, God, can we do away with this guy right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when John's like, well, maybe there's courage in admitting that you're a coward. Yeah. Just looking yeah. for something. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, one yeah. thing I thought was, you know, like we get some insight into what John normally does at the wall. And, you know, he talks about he and Ghost are sent off to hunt. But sometimes he's in the armory or standing guard or cleaning the stables or tending the, to the birds and the books. And it's like, we know that the wall isn't just like rah, rah, fight, fight. Like, most of the work at the wall is pretty mundane. And it's like, why do they have to put Sam in this box of, you know, every day, half a day, you're going to fight? Like, why not just, like, I mean, it's clear he's not going to be accept, good at that, right? Let's, like, right, push like, him out of this class. Push him to what he's, yeah, push him into where, and I know, like, it'll be, well, if there's an attack, everyone has to fight. Well, no, Sam's still not going to fight there. So, like, why are you trying to, like, torture him? Like, just let him be, you know, it seems like there's a lot of jobs at the wall he would just be fine with. So, you know, and I mean, eventually this is what happens. But, yeah, it's like this whole, well, this you whole, can like, tell. push to destroy him is... They have this attitude of, oh, we can beat it out of him. I mean, of course, Alistair thinks that about everybody, but you can just tell it's kind of a Night's Watch thing where it's just like, oh, we just need to beat you into shape. And I'm sure it's some commentary on society not not allowing people to be who they are or something. But it's, yeah, it's really rough because it's so obvious this is just <laughs> never going to be Sam's thing. Um. So, you know, on this day after fighting, John, has, his job is to um, scatter gravel on top of the icy footpaths on top of the wall because clearly they, too, are, you know, concerned about salt on the ice. So, 
<laughs> what a miserable yeah, but- job this sounds like. I was just like, even the gravel, though, because it's like, if you've ever put gravel on ice, it just, like, it, it creates another problem. I, I I just have to accept that the wall is magic, and that's yeah, why it's still standing. I know they're like, well, you can put sand on it. And, like, sand doesn't do shit. It just creates mud at some it point. It just creates it really... a mess, generally. Right. I mean, even gravel. I mean, I've done a lot of gravel on ice, and it's like, it, it creates its own mess, and it gets embedded, and it just gets deeper, and then you just have this gravel ice, and you're constantly putting more gravel. Anyway. Like, honestly, if I had an army of, like, strong 15- and 16-year-olds to clean my walk, essentially, I'm going to make them chip the ice. Like, I mean, obviously, it's a wall made of ice. I know. I don't know if that's a good idea in this scenario. (laughs) Not going to work here, but just in general, yes, I would say gravel. I'm just like, how many generations of embedded gravel are there on top of that thing, and how is it still stand? I mean, you know, it's magic. It's magic. It's also 700 feet tall, which... Anyway, this is what happens when you get a bunch of northerners talking about. I know. I know. I know. We have like strong opinions about clearing I sidewalks. I mean, I know just... George, George, George is from somewhere with a winter, but he was a city boy. So I don't think he knows all of the ins and outs. They just they need shoes, like the proper boots. They'd be fine. They wouldn't have to do any of this shit. Yeah. Do they exactly. have yak tracks and stuff? Like, I mean, they must. You think oh, they'd have spiked stuff. I yeah. don't know. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, he's on top of the, he's doing this work and he's thinking about Sam and, you know, makes a comparison to Tyrion and, you know, Tyrion told him, most men would rather deny a hard truth than face it. And, you know, as Chicky said, he thinks there's a weird kind of courage in Sam being willing to admit to his cowardice. Um, so he comes in for the evening meal and Pip is in the middle of telling a story. And I just wanted to read this passage because um, a theme of this chapter for me is that Pip is pretty awesome. Um The evening meal was almost done by the time he and Ghost reached the common hall. A group of the Black Brothers were dicing over mulled wine near the fire. His friends were at the bench nearest the west wall, laughing. Pip was in the middle of a story. The mummer's boy with the big ears was a born liar with a hundred different voices, and he did not tell his tales so much as live them, playing all the parts as needed. A king one moment and a swine heard the next. When he turned into an alehouse girl or a virgin princess, he used a high falsetto voice that reduced them all to tears of helpless laughter. And his eunuchs were always eerily accurate caricatures of Sir Alistair. <laughs> John, John took as much pleasure from Pip's antics as anyone. Yet that night he turned away and went instead to the end of the bench where Samuel Tarley sat alone, as far from the others as he could get. Um, it's You know, I was thinking about Pip and like, you know... You think about John's decision in Feast to send Darian off with um, Gillian Sam and, like, you know, actually, he, Pip would have been, like, the real choice, but, you know, Darian was going to die. So George didn't want to kill Pip that way. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, oh, he wanted Pip to be alive for, you know, alive for something maybe at that point. Um, oh, God, I was so mad that the show killed Pip and Grin so early. Yeah. I mean, because they're great. I mean, at least Grin literally got the best death of anyone on the show. Um, you know, got Donald Noy's death, but he got I mean, Donald Noy's death. Yeah, he didn't yeah. even get his own death. Well, I mean, we don't know what his death is, but yeah, yeah, at least he got that. And you know, Pip, I think, well, Egret killed Pip, right, on the show. But yeah, I mean, uh, maybe they're great char- They're great characters, and I mean, you know, Pip being this kind of little kid, you know, him jumping in to fight with John. I mean, that that's the kind of thing that means something. And you know, we see more about how these yeah. boys are are already, you know, John's men at this point. I think I would so, I like. I was just saying, what I like about it too is like how valued somebody like with these kind of like entertainment skills would be in this world. Oh yeah, especially up at the wall. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. 
And I mean, he sounds great that he can do all these imitations and like, yeah, he sounds like he, you know, again, would be, you know, absolutely fantastic. Which, you know, you think about it, like Mance must have been like this when he was a young kid mm-hmm. at the wall, mm-hmm. you know, like the singer and the entertainer, like the bard. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, granted, he grew up there, but still, I bet, you know, he was below. It's interesting. You know, you, we don't really ever get to this in the. We never get this from the books, but it would be interesting to see more of, like, the older men or the men that were peers of Mance um, encountering him post, um, you know, post-Wildling Stannis battle. Because I think as much as they're taught uh, to, like, not, you know, think of Mance as a traitor and whatnot, like, I think, like, he seems like a man that everyone would have liked. And, like, how much of that affection would have been between him and the men that he served with still. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's just not something that we really ever get into, but it would be... Um, That's a good point, though. It's something you know, it would have been interesting to see, but I think, too, it literally just was, like, the men that Mance was with or would have had relationships with were dead at that point for the most part. I mean, bottom line, support your artists, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the takeaway here. Yep. <laughs> art matters. Like now, even more in these trying times, right. art matters. Think about how you're passing your days these days, <laughs> your hours these days. So um, John asks Sam to go outside with him and they start to talk. And Sam talks about how cold he is and how he never even saw snow until the journey up to the wall. And that, you know, he's even afraid of heights. And John gets a little exasperated and, you know, is he afraid of everything? And, you know, Sam starts to cry. And it's just like the weight of everything that he's been through. And um, Ghost comes up to him and licks his tears. And it makes both boys laugh instead. And um, John tells Sam a story about how they found Ghost and his siblings. And then he shares this dream of Winterfell that we find out he's never shared with anyone before. So, you know... Something's happening between these boys where they're bonding. And he talks about how he's searching for his family at Winterfell, but the halls are empty and the ravens are gone and the stables are full of bones. And he searches the castle and he finds himself at the steps down to the crypt, but he's afraid of what's waiting for him. And he knows the old kings of winter are down there sitting on their thrones um, with the wolves at their feet and iron swords across their laps. And in his dream, John screams that he's not a Stark and that this isn't his place, but he has to go down there anyway. And he always wakes up before he gets there. Um, I mean, know. is the whole ending in, in a game of Thrones, has George already told you everything that's going to happen in the supposed last book? Doesn't this just feel like, obviously John is going to get forced into the Winterfell crypts and have something well, or terrible is it happen? Symbolic of his death, you know, like he's... I think it's more than symbolic though. I mean, like I used to think it was all just, Oh, you know, all this stuff was just, but now, I mean, after the show and everything, I'm like, Oh, this shit's all just <laughs> a foretaste of what's going to yeah. happen. Little nuggets of things to come. Yeah. Um, John asks Sam if he dreams of Horn Hill and Sam tells him that no, you know, he hated it. And he tells John about how he was always a disappointment to his father. And, you know, they even did things like they had priests from um, the East that slaughtered Oryx and then made him bathe in their blood to give him their strength. I had forgotten some of this shit. Like, just, you know, all of these, all of these things to make him, you know, a different boy, basically. Um, But then his younger brother was born and his father kind of, abandoned Sam and started grooming Dickon, his younger brother, as his heir. And then when Sam turned 15, his father, Randall, nice guy, we'll find out, 
um, took him out and told him that he would he could either take the black or that he would arrange for some accident to kill him. So Sam took the black. Um, okay, guys. So this deer skinning incident did did the Game of Thrones guys read this and give this to Tywin? Is I that what happened? I think they confused Tywin and Randall. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like yeah. Ty, I and did it. they confuse like Sam and Randall's relationship with Jamie and Tywin's? It feels like it. Maybe that's what happened. Well, I mean, the Randall Tarly on the show was not recognizable as Randall Tarly. You know, brave father of, you know, like, what? <laughs> Seemed pretty no. decent. Yeah, I mean, it's not the misogynistic creep, you know. I mean, just... horrible, horrible monster. Like, all I could think about is, like, having, because you know he was probably just thrilled when he finally had his son, Sam, and he had this beautiful little baby boy, and he was probably really proud of him, and I, I wouldn't say, like, doted on him or anything, but, he, you know... And then to have that sudden drastic change as he realizes mm-hmm. kind of what Sam is. And it's like Sam liked, what was it, books and kittens and dancing, you know, and just. Oh, God. That's that's unforgivable. Well, like, and what? to think that you would threaten, like, your own kid in this way. He doesn't just threaten to kill Sam. He threatens to, like, make it terrible. Yeah. Like, dear God. And just, yeah, I mean, and if Sam, you know. Obviously, he knows Sam. He knows he could bully Sam into just renouncing it and, you know, living there. But it's like he he just doesn't he doesn't want to see him even. He doesn't want him around as like a reproachment to him. It has to be, you know, the worst possible thing. God, fucking Randall Tarly. Yeah, it's, you know, horrifying. Okay, so did anyone else wonder if Hyle was one of the guys that took Sam north? Do we ever get that ruled out? No, I don't think so. Wait, Hyle. Yeah, because Hyle's a, you know, yeah, Hi- Hyle, Hill. Yeah, he's 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 uh, one of Randall's oh. guys. Although, would he be able to get? Because he was at, you know, just from like because the show, the books actually have real timing. So this is so he'd be at the wall sometime after Tyrion leaves. So would he be able to be at Bitterbridge? Yeah, because I mean, probably. Cat hasn't even is. kidnapped Tyrion or anything yet. Yeah, there's yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he could have been, although I would hope that Hyle would, like, be able to get out of this. It's not like this is some, like, butt-kissing mission, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's since he, I mean, you know, knowing, I mean, Hyle knowing how Randall Harley feels about Sam maybe doesn't want to remind him that he, like, saved him from drowning. Maybe, maybe. I was just thinking, you know, I mean, like this, the fact that Hyle saved Sam is like one of the few, hmm. few really decent things that we know about Hyle. So I was like, I mean, it'd be interesting. Maybe like, Hyle hasn't had the luxury to be decent. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you bring up an interesting point, though, because, you know, we know that we know that there's there's George has made a connection between Hyle and Sam. So Hyle's in or Sam's in Old Town. And, you know, we think Sam at some point is going to go north again. So is there, you know, is there any likelihood or any reason for them to meet up at some point? Um, this is going in places maybe. I could not have anticipated. And I love it. <laughs> Reading well, it. You know, because we think, you know, Ohio's going to die from Lady Stoneheart. But, you know, maybe the reason, maybe he's not. And it's because that he's going to be the person that connects, like, the Jamie, you know, the Jamie group or the Brienne group that goes north to the Sam group or to the Sam, you know, like maybe, I mean, maybe to Chicky's point, like he brought Sam to the wall the first time and now he's going to be bringing him there again. 
I, so maybe there's some possible. symmetry there. I kind of love we'll it. We'll never know. But yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. But let's just pretend that's true because okay. that means Heil lives a while longer. So. <laughs> and I mean, of course, we all think he has to live long enough for Jamie to like make Kyle, fun of him. Uh, like yeah. that's a given. Kyle cunt must happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't name a guy Heil Hunt if you're not going to have Jamie call him Kyle Cunt. Like, this is a given. Duh. It's like the one reason <laughs> I feel like he's, he's safe. Because, you know, George is a professional writer. I would assume he, too, would <laughs> be thinking of this. Uh, okay, so, um, so Sam goes off to bed. He's worried about having to fight again tomorrow. But John goes into the hall, and basically, as the as the quote is, John told them all, all how it was going to be. <laughs> um they're not going to hurt Sam. And he gets everyone but Rast to agree to it. And so he, Pip, Gren, and Ghost go to Rast's sleeping cell in the middle of the night, and they threaten him, and Ghost even nips at his throat. So in the morning, when they're supposed to fight against Sam, everyone kind of half-asses it. And, you know, Sir Alistair gets super pissed, but there's nothing he could do about it. And then, you know, John tells us after a few nights, Sam start, Sam joined John, Pip, and Gren at their table and then after a few weeks, he's basically one of their gang. And then there's this cute little line to end the chapter. Fat and awkward and frightened he might be, but Samuel Tarley was no fool. One night, he visited John in his cell. I don't know what you did, he said, but I know you did it. He looked away shyly. I've never had a friend before. We're not friends, John said. He put a hand on Sam's broad shoulder. We're brothers. And so they were, he thought to himself, after Sam had taken his leave. Rob and Bran and Rickon were his father's sons, and he loved them still, yet John knew he had never truly been one of them. Catelyn Stark had seen to that. The gray walls of Winterfell might still haunt his dreams, but Castle Black was his life now, and his brothers were Sam and Gren and Halder and Pip and the other castouts who wore the black of the Night's Watch. You know what I love most about this chapter is that it just really illustrates how John always ends up becoming a leader out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Like he's not trying to become like the ringleader to make sure that Sam is safe. It just sort of happens because he's trying to protect Sam. And this is just kind of like John's story going forward too, where he just kind of always gets thrust into this position where if he wants a good outcome, he basically ends up having to take a leadership role. It's like not yeah. really something he ever wants to do. And it's, you know, John's elite. And I mean, it's such an optimist, like, this is such an optimistic chapter and he's ultimately, I feel like an optimistic character in the sense that, you know, John, John is doing the right thing. Like he's, he's doing the right thing and he's a leader because he's doing the right thing and other people follow that. So it's like this very optimistic view of human nature that, Oh, when confronted with doing the right thing, people naturally want to also do that and will follow him. Um, You know, which given the pessimism, I mean, it's one of those things like, no, I don't think these are, this is like really a nihilistic series like this. Like you don't have John basically being a leader through being good and like people wanting to do that. If, you know, ultimately you're, you know, everything sucks and everyone's going to die. Yeah. I mean, this is the opposite of nihilism really, because it's like, it's, it's, I mean, there will be major value to the world through Sam eventually, but John isn't saving Sam because he's valuable. John is just saving Sam because he needs help. And 
that's, I think, you know, it's, it's indicative of a lot about John, but it's also indicative of a lot about George. I mean, this is what George invests in, in his stories. He's not a nihilist. Well, he wants about, to believe in the good in people. Well, and think too, you know, in Tyr- like I get, I go back to that line where Tyrion is like learning about Danny, and he, you know, oh, she's a rescuer, and that is, you know, she is a rescuer. That is the core of her. You know, John is, you know, fighting. John's doing the right thing. He's fighting against bullies. And then, you know, I'm going to bring it back to Jamie because this is Jamie too. Like, Jamie is the guy who's going to fight against bullies. He's not, you know. He's not as altruistic as, you know, John is in this chapter, but he's pretty damn altruistic. And these are the characters that he, that George ultimately, I feel like, invests in are these ones that are willing to the heroes. fight against. the Yeah, the Brienne. heroes that are willing to fight against. And Brienne, my God, yeah. how can we not talk about her, too? But yeah, like, they do the right thing. Yeah, it's Davos, it's Brienne, it's, you know, it's it's the quiet heroes. This is who George loves. Yeah, and I think, you know, you know, John, it's so weird to, to call John a quiet hero, but I mean, he is kind of like he's he never not leading it out, rah, rah, he's not rah, looking he's, for Yeah, right. he's the one thing you can always say about John, he's he's never looking for <laughs> he's never looking to be the hero. Mm-hmm. He just ends up having to be. Yeah. You know? Like it's it's his nature to lead, it's his nature to you know, it's this is all in his, you know, his wonderful you know, his wonderful nature, basically, like, I mean, there are discussions to be had about, sure, why is, why is it, you know, the, the guy, the, you know, prototypical hero guy who gets this role that you can have that discussion, but within the story, there's no question that John is, you know, John is a hero. I mean, like, here you see it right here, black and white. Yeah. I mean, just in his, the way that he's inspiring these other boys too, who, yeah, the easy thing the easy thing for them to do is to bully Sam and to make themselves look better essentially. But because John sets this example, they all follow John yeah. and they go against, you know, they go against their leader, their Sir Alistair to do it. you know, it's like, you can kind of see why Sir Alistair hates John so much because yeah, I mean, John is the leader of these guys. He's a, he has them from the beginning. You know, Sir Alistair is never going to have them. I know he can't even have this. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He can't even have like the terrible cowardly recruit picked on. Like, nope. He yeah. He has n- he can't hold a candle to John at all. Yeah. On some level, he must know it too because he can't. You know, he doesn't try to do anything more to John at this point. Really, it's he's no. He's he knows he's lost. C.A. Book John. We love him. (laughs) Do we have any mail lot for this chapter? Yeah, we do have a a few questions. I didn't do a great job of asking them throughout, um, but um, from Wiret from the Discord asks, do you think Sam is really a coward or simply not your typical manly man, fat, clumsy, insecure, and being told so many times he is a coward that he believes he is? I think he's a coward. I mean, I think he's a coward, and I think that's kind of the point. It's sort of like, is Brienne ugly? Yeah, and that's kind of the... Like, even, like, the bit about, like, the anxiety of, like, trying to... He had his meal, and they were like, he was so scared he wouldn't even sit with us. Yeah, that, like, kind of broke my heart a little bit, too. And, like, how perceptive of Pip, even, to, like, their granted which one of them said it, like, to think that, though, to get that, you know, like... I think one of them's like, oh, he was, you know, high and mighty. And they're like, no, no, the first guy was right. He's afraid. 
And I think it's just, it goes to that part of, you know, George isn't giving us anything about Sam to latch on to yet. Yet. Okay, and then we had another one from Maruna from the subreddit. Uh, I love the Night's Watch boys, especially Halder, who I did not remember, probably for the best. I'm sure he'll either die or become hateful. <laughs> and Pip. Again, why did Sam have to join the Night's Watch and not the Citadel? It makes no sense. If anything, he would bring more honor to his house there. Between this and Ned's conversation with Arya in the last chapter, I truly wonder why these lords don't try to find paths that actually agree with their children, even when those paths are there. Send Arya to the Mormont, for example. You marry her to a bannerman and she can still live like she wants, surrounded by people that find that commendable. But returning to John, as much as I agree with him, the way he puts Rast in his place gives me the shivers. Next, Alistair will wake up with a horse head on the pillow. <laughs> um, just for the record, so Halder's one of the... So Halder's in he's Dance. He's alive, I he's, think. Yeah, he's alive in Dance with Dragons, and you know the last time we see him is apparently he tries to invite John to sit with them, but um, John, John won't, you know, because he's the Lord Commander, and he separates people and he actually so he sends Halder to the Shadow Tower. Oh, is he one of the ones he sends away so he doesn't yeah. have any friends around him? Oh, yep, yeah. so like yeah, he has none of well, those. At least he's he still alive. Yeah, so Pip, Gren, and Halder are all have all been sent away. It's basically it's Ed. Because <laughs> we need Ed yeah. for the epilogue of, of wins that'll never get written of the wall. Oh and Satin's still there. Satin is still Oh yeah, Satin, but I mean is that a friend or a quote friend? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just kidding. But yeah, that's true. I forget <laughs> about Satin. I don't know. But because, about the, the show, because the show forgot, that's why it's easy to yeah, forget about the yeah, ones in the show. Exactly. What about the bit about Sam not being sent to the Citadel? Well, isn't there something where he later says that Randall Tarley like, wouldn't let him be a master? Yeah. Because when, yeah, when he's going to Old Town like later. Embarrassment. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And going to the Night's Watch was more of like a at least they hunt and all that kind of stuff, but being studious is an embarrassment to the family. That makes a lot of sense. So just another fucking Randall Tarley moment is why. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and then Which, we have, I mean, oh. just go to the Citadel. What's he going to do about it? You That's know, true. Point. But I mean, I think Sam is afraid to do that. Oh, even. He's, he's a coward. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Okay, we had a couple other ones, too, um, from Saratat, um, who messaged us on Podbean. Hey, ladies, and hey, Devin. I was so surprised when you read my comment because it seems so long ago since I wrote it. I don't cook that much fish and meat, and I I don't do it at all. But if you want Finnish vegetarian recipes, I'm all in. (laughs) Thanks for um, good God's work. Sorry from Finland. Um, let's see. I can't imagine Finnish or Scandinavian food without fish. Without fish. <laughs> it just seems like, what would what would that be? But. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of it. Yeah, yeah, there's so much fish. Time to blow our minds, Sarah Tat. Send that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's see. Little Miss Haven, also from Podpeen writes, um, I think that Sansa has an idea of what a healthy relationship looks like because of how much Ned loved Cat. I think that both Tyrion and Cersei have this warped sense of love. Cersei seems to fixate over Rhaegar. Tyrion does the same with Sansa. 
They are bitter towards their partners when it doesn't work. It's ironic that they hate each other because they are a lot alike. I mean, I'd, I'd add Jamie to that bucket, too. I mean, he certainly fixates on Cersei and then is angry when she's not, you know, who he's imagined her to be. Like, they're, you know, all three of them. Yeah, you know, agreed. All three of them haven't had, like, love with the. Well, I think Tisha was a real, you know, who she was. But beyond that, I don't think any of them have had relationships with the actual person they're having a relationship with. <laughs> huh yet i guess yeah i would which will be interesting because you know we people wonder too like how is jamie going to react when he realizes what if when he realizes what brienne is doing and you know because i think he has idealized her a bit but we'll see you know if that if that turns into something or if it's like oh got it she was going to get killed cool you know no harm no foul uh yeah, I will. That's it for the mail. Thanks, guys. All right. Anything else on this chapter? We just want to do a collective awe about John. <laughs> I love John. John Snow is my bastard son, and I love him. I'll give okay, you. Okay, Liana. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give me. you. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good, I mean, he's a good kid. Come on. Lot. Yeah, just he's my don't face. let this. So. Don't let the show ruin yeah. John for you. It's you know? not that. It's just like, like literally, like I just, uh, it's when there's like a lot of just dudes, I I lose interest. Okay. That's me. Okay, that's why. Can I, we? I feel like that's a quote. When there's a lot of just dudes, I lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I like. I, this doesn't sound like junior high lot to me. <laughs> I've never been boy crazy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anything else on this chapter all right well if you would like i really give you like a second there sorry <laughs> i've got i just got that adrenaline knowing that the chapter is almost done um if you would like to write us you can find us at close the door and come here on tumblr you can find us at door podcast on twitter you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com um Find us, uh, what else? Oh, find us on the Jamie Brienne subreddit. That's reddit slash r slash Jamie Brienne. Um, you can support our podcast on Podbean. We're close the door and come here. And like, subscribe, review us um, everywhere you listen to your podcast. And with that, I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>